found in he, uh, Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. So let's just uh, look at those passages. And this is jumping right into Moses has seen that bush that was burning but not consumed, and he has stopped. He's taken off his sandals, and he's standing there, and God begins to talk to him. And verse 1 reads, Moses answered God, but what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord didn't appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Well, he looked, said a staff or a rod, and he replied, throw it on the ground, God told him. Moses threw it on the ground. And it became a snake. As most people do when they see a snake, he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, I want you to read this with me. Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Well, I like that. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake. And look what happened. It turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful picture of a spiritual truth. And I pray that, Lord, your word will go deep into our spirits today. And we will be set free and learn the authority that is ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, turn to your neighbor and tell him, perk up and listen. You're going to need this before you get home. <laughs> I love the Bible because it just pops with truth and practical application. And as I share with you, these passages are about the call of Moses to deliver God's people from Egypt. And in verses 1 through 5 that we just read, God is giving to Moses power over all satanic power. Power over all satanic power. But first, he has to win a battle with his very own personal uh, serpent. He's got to win a, a fight. Before he can go into Egypt, he's got to conquer in the private area of his life, in, in, the, in his personal life, he's got to conquer. And the Bible says that it was a serpent that he was facing. Now, when you see about a, a serpent, when you read about a serpent in the Bible, it is, it is always a picture of the devil. The serpent always represents Satan. And in Genesis 3.15, you know the story, when the devil approached Eve, he did so in the form of a serpent. The Bible is very clear about that. And she conversed with the devil in a snakeskin. And then the John the Revelator, when he was shown heaven, he had a beautiful vision of heaven, and, it took, and, and the Lord took him all the way down to the end of time and what was going to be the final judgment of the devil. Thank God he's going to be judged one day. And the Bible says in Revelation 20, verse 2, that an angel laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and cast him into the lake of fire where he was for eternity. But there he is again, called the serpent. 
So Moses wasn't just facing a a, a desert reptile. The rod became the embodiment of Satan, the the devil in a snakeskin again. And that's what Moses was facing. And what I want us to see today is that when he took it by the tail later on in the story and he got the victory, it brings to mind the victory that Jesus had over Satan in the wilderness prior to his launching of his own ministry. Jesus had to face the devil in hand-to-hand combat, combat, I call it the showdown in the desert. He had to face the devil in private and win before he was launched into his public ministry. Here is a principle, and it's true for all of us, because let me tell you something about you and me. If you're a saved child of God, you're a minister. Now, you may not feel like a minister. You may not think of yourself as a minister. But you're a minister. The Bible says that God has gifted and called every single one of his children and that we are all ministers called to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've all been gifted. We've all been called. And when we got saved, we didn't just get a ticket to, to, to heaven, but we got an anointing for now. And as we were sharing about the uh, upcoming uh, worship and intercession night, the only thing that's going to change America is a bunch of on-fire children of God who know who they are and know what they have in Jesus Christ. That's all that's going to do it. It won't be some new political leader. It won't be some political party. That, th- listen, there is not a political party on earth that can turn America around right now. It's going to have to be the church of the living God, fully girt in the armor of God, fully anointed by the Spirit of God, going forth in the name of God through Jesus Christ. So it goes without saying, we've got to know who we are and what we have and what can be done through a church on fire. But if a church is going to be on fire, the individual people have got to get lit first. Here's the principle. Personal victory precedes power with God. Put it another way, the more victorious we are in our private personal lives, the stronger the anointing comes upon us to set other people free. Freed people set people free. Liberated people liberate people. Delivered people deliver people. Let me flip it. Bound people bind people. Tormented people torment people. But liberated people liberate others. So the more free we are, the more we can set other people free. So it's time for the church to get free really free and know who we are. So uh, there comes a time, listen carefully to me, when everybody, every one of us here, every believer is going to have to take a serpent by the tail. There comes a time in all of our Christian walks that we've got to take a serpent by the tail. It may be that serpent of fear that is harassing you and torments you. It might be a serpent of lust or it might be some habit or some emotional problem. That, that just besets you. It can be a battle with the serpent of worry, the serpent of doubt, or some serpent of drug or alcohol. 
Whatever the serpent is, it is that one thing that defeats you, that one thing that takes you down, that one thing that robs your peace. There may not be anybody that knows about it but you, but God knows about it. And God wants you free. I didn't come to point a finger at you. I came to encourage you in the Lord that he who knows the Son will be freed indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Not kind of free, not partly free, but free. Where Jesus is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, not bondage. Whatever it is that you deal with, it's the serpent from which you flee. It says Moses threw his rod on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Here's the mighty deliverer, Moses, running from a snake on the ground. It was that which he ran from. Rather than gaining victory over it, Moses was intimidated and he was defeated by this serpent. It was his natural reaction and response to it. Likewise, church, you may not have victory over some serpent in your life. It is that thing that defeats you. It intimidates you. It hinders you from attaining God's best. It's that serpent in your life. And I don't even have to tell you what it is. As soon as you knew what I was preaching about, it immediately came to your mind. You know what you struggle with. God wants you to know that he's got a plan for the serpent in your life. You know what his plan is? That you would take it by the tail and conquer it. That you would take it by the tail. See, God didn't say to Moses, hey, I agree with you, you ought to be running from it. No, God said to Moses, he said, I want you to reach down and take it by the tail. Now, if you know anything about, I was raised, I'm a critter kid, I was a critter boy. My mother used to be afraid to open up my lunchbox when I got home. We had little lunch boxes, you know, Superman lunch boxes and Mickey Mouse lunch boxes. And I come home and inside of mine, she never knew. She stood off and opened it because sometimes there's lizards, sometimes there's snakes, sometimes there's frogs because we went through a creek on my way home and I love catching critters and putting them in my lunch box. <laughs> so now she would say to me, you open it. <laughs> but I did learn this about snakes. The last place you pick up a snake is by the tail. Because if you pick up a snake by the tail, he's going to turn around and bite you. You know what God was saying to Moses? No matter how bad it is and how vulnerable you are, I have given you victory over that snake. It doesn't matter how you pick it up. You have victory over that snake. You have victory over that serpent. Now, I hope you know that I'm not just up here to tickle your ear or give you some Holy Ghost bump message. I'm going to talk right to your life. I want to address what's going on inside of you. We need to understand that God is looking for overcomers today. And that's one of the reasons you're in the battle you're in. Because Christians are everywhere, but overcomers aren't. Because overcomers are people who have overcome something. They've taken their serpents by the tail and they have gained personal victory. When you overcome something, you can overcome it in others. When this happens in your life and you overcome whatever that thing is, that is your weak spot, that is your serpent, that is your stumbling stone, that is your stalker, that is your battle. 
When this happens in your life, the same thing becomes true of you that was true of Moses. Now you are able and ready to play a part in delivering others. See, you can't give what you don't have. You can only impart to somebody else what you have experienced yourself. So when Jesus sets somebody free, man, they can go out and set other people free. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. Listen to what Peter said. What I have, I can give to you. And what did he have? He had the authority of the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and he knew what it was. It was not a weak name, a timid name, a meaningless name, just another religious name. It was a name that had power and authority to stand somebody crippled up on their feet and walk again. So he said, this is what I have. There's going to be a church here in the last days that's going to be able to say, you know what? I don't have a lot of this world's trappings, but here's what I do have. My friend, be set free in the name of Jesus, and they will go free. I see a church in the last days that has not been taken in by the world, has not been deceived by the devil, has not become watered down and diluted and polluted by this world. But they love Jesus with all of their heart and the anointing of the Spirit is upon them and they go forth setting the captives free because they know the power that is in the name. Some of you are saying, why hasn't God taken this serpent out of my life? Why won't he just remove it? Why, why am, I, am I continually struggling with this thing? I'm going to give you the answer. He's waiting for you to take it by the tail. Well, why won't he just do it? Because he wants you to learn how to do it. That's right. Well, why won't he just take this away from me and, and set me free so I'm not beset with this all the time? Because he wants you to understand what that is in your hand. Right here. He wants you to understand what it is. He wants you to learn how to exercise the authority that you have in Christ. In Luke's gospel, we read a story. In, in Luke's gospel, we see a bunch of people who've been following Jesus for quite some time. And they've seen him heal the sick, raise the dead, multiply bread and fish, and feed the multitudes, and do all these various miracles. And Jesus calls 72 of them together. And he, and he gives them a commission. He says, I want you to go. It says, the Lord chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs of two into all the towns and places that he was going to later visit. He said, you go to Dallas, you go to Fort Worth, you go to Crowley, you go to Joshua, you go to Mansfield. Go ahead of me. And as you go, here's what you do. I want you to heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. You know what this was? This was Jesus' own show-and-tell strategy for his disciples. Because heretofore, they, they have only followed and watched as he healed the sick and raised the dead and did all these things himself. He was the miracle man. He was the miracle worker. And now he's saying to them, hey, guess what? Shh, come here. Now you are anointed. You are appointed. I want you to go and you to heal the sick and preach the kingdom and cast out devils. You go. 
I want you to go and do what you've seen me do and find out for yourselves, figuratively speaking now, what that is in your hand. The power that you have as my disciple. Well, the Bible says they went out and returned later, absolutely overwhelmed with excitement. And look at what they said. Now, I want you to listen to all the personal pronouns here. Because we're seeing a switch We're seeing it going from Jesus, the only one doing it, to Jesus anointing his people to do it. So look what it says. They came back and they said, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. That just pops to me. And you know what Jesus said? Now listen to these pronouns. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Do you hear that? You, you, you can, you, you, you can. Now I'm going to look right at you and say, you, you, you can. You, you, you can. You can say, Lord, I have discovered that the devil flees when I use your name. For Moses, the issue was not knowing the authority that was in that rod. For the disciples, it was not knowing the authority in Jesus' name until they were put into a position of having to use it. And here's my point today. God will allow us to to be put into a position where we must learn to use that name. And what better better schoolroom than a personal battle with a serpent that God is telling you to take by the tail in my name and defeat? Jesus said in Mark 16, if these signs shall follow those who believe in my name, they shall take up serpents. He had to have been thinking of Moses when he said that. He had to have been thinking of Moses who took the serpent by the tail. It's a, it's a, it's a picture. It's a symbol. It's a type of getting victory over the enemy in your life. That verse in Mark 16 and talking about playing with rattlesnakes, as some people have interpreted it to mean uh, to their own demise and death. It's talking about defeating the enemy in Jesus' name. It's talking about defeating the enemy, taking hold of the serpent, defeating that serpent, that fear, that lust, that unforgiveness, that issue, that problem that that you know is, is not from God. It's from the enemy, and it's time that it came under the authority of Jesus' name in your life. Now, notice with me, that, that again, that Moses' first response to it was to run. And virtually 99% of the people in here right now all run when they see a snake. Okay? Understood. And we tend to run the same way from problems, from issues, from the serpents in our life. But let me tell you what God is, is going to do. God will lead you to face and to conquer the very thing you think you cannot overcome. I'm going to say that again. God will lead you to face and to conquer the very thing you think you can't overcome. 
He's not going to let you. He didn't let Moses run from it. He said, what are you doing? Get back here. Grab that serpent by the tail. <laughs> this is how we discover for ourselves the authority that is in his name and in his word. When I got saved um, and I got spirit-filled, I had a powerful experience with the Holy Spirit. And when I did, I was 18 years old. And when this happened to me, man, I was filled with zeal. I was, I was just burning for Jesus. Everything. I was witnessing to everything that moved on the street. People saw me coming and ran. Even my own family. Uh-oh. Uh, I was just filled with zeal. I just, I just wanted to serve God. And then he began to move on me to preach. Now, when that happened, something came against me. All of a sudden, I was attacked with a spirit of fear. This spirit of fear tormented me. I would wake up every single day fearful. And if you had said to me, what are you afraid of? I couldn't have told you. It was a spirit. It was an attack. It was something. I walked around in angst. I walked around tight. I walked around, I walked around uh, just, just tied up in a knot. Fearful. The Bible says fear has torment. And this thing began to attack me in a way that I thought I was losing my mind. It came from absolutely nowhere. Now I can look back and realize it was a satanic assignment to stop me before I got going because I hadn't yet preached my first message, but I was ready to, I was going to. And, and, and so the devil tried to kill me in my infancy, stop my ministry in the infancy. I, I look back and call it Satan's last stand. And, and, and so day after day, week after week, and, and I'm, I'm ashamed to say, a couple of years went by of my dealing with this, just all locked up on the inside. And I couldn't function in the ministry like God wanted me to because of this fear. And I didn't know what to do. And I was trying to fight it with all the, the typical stuff, trying to deny it, trying to think it away, trying to keep myself busy so I didn't have to think about it. But every night I would go home tormented, wake up tormented. And one day, the Lord spoke to me and said, Jeff, it's time for you to take that serpent by the tail. But I have been. No, you haven't been. And then he said, what is that in your hand? Talking about my Bible. What is that in your hand? I said, well, it's my Bible. It got me saved. It's your word. And it was like he said to me, then why aren't you using it? Well, Lord, I am using it. I read it all the time. I, I'm using it. He said, you're not using it the way you can use it. And then a verse came into my mind. Here it is. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions where you experience fear. And the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord is perfect, restoring you to peace of mind in your soul. In other words, this word is surgical. It goes into the inner recesses of our soul. And what is mixed up and, and confused and perplexed or twisted or wrong kind of thinking, it fixes it when you meditate on it. It erases old ways of thinking and replaces with new ways of thinking. So I said, okay, 
What do I do, Lord? He said, memorize my word. Memorize it. Start to attack this serpent with the word of God. So I said, okay. So I memorized huge portions of scripture. Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, every word. I memorized the entire book of James, every word. I memorized whole Psalms, one after another, after another, every word. I would call Kathy from work and say, Kathy, you got about 15 minutes? She'd say, what do you need? And I said, I'm going to quote to you the word. And so she would sit there. Yeah, that's right. She's got her Bible. And I'm quoting the Sermon on the Mount by memory, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, all of it. And when I was done, she'd say, you got it? You got every comma. And I would do that. And so for weeks and then months, I attacked the serpent. This is how you get the serpent by the tail. You apply the truth of the word of God to your issue. And that's how you grab the serpent by the tail. This is not a normal book. This is not like any other book. This is a supernatural book. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. This book is like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. This word is the living word of God. It is supernatural. It's how you renew your mind. So one day I woke up and I went through about half my day and I realized I haven't been afraid. I have peace. And the rest of the day went that way. And the next day, and the next day, and here's what I realized. I had grabbed that serpent by the tail. And you know what? Where I was weak is where I became strongest. Catch that. Because if you're under my ministry very long at all, you hear me harping all the time on the power of the word of God. Where do you think that came from? The, uh, seminary? No. It came from my, the, 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 my personal trial and fire and oven and valley and wilderness. And I learned the power of the word of God. That's why I can tell you there is power in the word. I like what somebody said, what you tolerate, you will never change. Put another way, you will never conquer what you refuse to hate. Listen carefully to me. It's time some of you hated the serpent in your life. Don't make a truce with it. Don't say, well, that one thing I can't get victory over. No, you need to hate that serpent in your life. We got to reach the place where we hate the serpent that keeps us from our destiny, that robs us of our peace, and that hinders our walk with God. We should hate anything that gets between us and God's destiny for us. David said, I hate those that hate you with perfect hatred. Don't be a friend of that serpent. Don't put up the white flag with that serpent because any truce with the devil ends up biting you in the end. So there stood God's future deliverer, quivering at a distance, defeated by a serpent. <sighs> this is the man that's going to go in front of all of Egypt. This is the man that's going to stand in front of the Red Sea and watch it part. Oh, it's a snake. This is Moses, you know, Charlton Heston, Moses. <sighs> he said, grab that thing by the tail. 
Let me ask you a question. What made the difference in Moses' life? Because this dealing with the serpent was the defining moment of his life. This was it. What transformed him from the defeated one to the delivering one? I'll tell you what did. The same thing that delivers you and me. The word of God spoken to his heart. Because God said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Essentially, God was saying this, I want you to conquer the thing you fear, the thing that defeats you, your weak spot, your point of failure. I want to show you that where you're weak, you are strong in me. This was a decisive moment. It was for Moses, it was for me. If I hadn't gotten victory over that fear, I wouldn't be here today. It was that toxic. Would Moses take the servant by the tail and step into Egypt as God's mighty deliverer, or would Moses retreat softly into the shadows, never to be heard from again? It was then, right there, it would have been either or. Moses had to set his jaw and say, today, I want you to say with me today, church, today. Say it again, today. Today is a great day. Today is the only day we've got. You don't have any guarantee of tomorrow, but we've got today. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not here, but we've got today. Today is the day. Now is the hour. I face this thing and conquer it in God's power. Hearing God's voice, Moses made his choice. He said, I'm not going to allow this servant to keep me from the call and blessings of God for my life. I'm going to be God's man for the hour, and I'm going to see his people delivered. When he said that, he discovered something, that his weakness became his strength. The very place where he had been the conquered one, he became the conquering one. The Bible says the serpent became a rod again, but it was here that the rod ceased being an ordinary rod. From this moment on, it became a mighty scepter filled with supernatural power. It was the point of his personal victory over the serpent in his life that he experienced the power of God. It was by that rod he brought all the plagues on Egypt. By that rod he parted the Red Sea. The rod of anointing and power. Once he took hold of it, and defeated that serpent was the moment of transformation for his life. And over a million people were set free because he was free. Amen. Mm. God is speaking to you today. Face your adversary in Jesus' name. Take your serpent by the tail, standing on the word spoken to your heart. You know, I don't even know what word is spoken to my heart. Well, I'm going to give you one. You ready? Romans 8, 29, you are more than overwhelming conquerors through him who loved us. 2 Corinthians 2, 14, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph through Jesus Christ. I love Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you will succeed and you will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. I like Jeremiah 20, 11, the Lord is with me to help me like an awe-inspiring warrior. I like that. 
And then how about this one? First John 4, 4. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, we don't need any more word than that. So say with me, take that serpent by the tail. Listen, that harassing lust, that tormenting fear, that stubborn drug habit, those feelings of unworthiness. And after the first service, I had a tall, strapping, good-looking guy come up to me, 6'4", 6'5", impressive looking. And he breaks down and starts crying and he says, I feel so unworthy and so small as a man. I said, who told you that? God didn't tell you that. I said, look at you. You're so impressive. <laughs> look at you. You're so impressive. Who told you this about you? I'll tell you who did. The devil had to find him down. The devil had cheated him. The devil was lying to him about his potential. God, God always defines you up. Satan always defines you down. He marginalizes you. He stomps on you. He belittles you. He mocks you. He takes away your confidence in God. But you come into contact with the Nazarene named Jesus, and he will build you up. He will strengthen you. He will make you hold your head high. He will give you confidence like you've never had. Can we stand together? Now, I knew when I preached on this that some serpents were going today. We didn't come here to be religious. We came here to see people set free and the anointing of God fall. We're not here to tickle ears. But I know this, some serpents that have been harassing you are doomed today. So I want us to bow our heads in prayer, can we? That fear, that lust, that unforgiveness, that drug issue, that addiction has been targeted by the Holy Spirit today. And let's just lift our hands up towards the Savior, can we? And if there's a serpent in your life, you know it. It's intimidating you. It's defeated you. And you are so sick of it. I want you to say, Lord, I give you. And I want you to name it. I did it. I said, Lord, I give you this horrible fear. Please help me. And he did. I want you to know you've got the authority to take that serpent by the tail. So say, Lord, here's the serpent. I receive this word that you are greater in me than he that's in the world. I receive your deliverance. I receive your wisdom to apply it to this serpent. Today, I let it go. Today, I take my stand. Today, I declare war on this thief in my life. In Jesus' name, 
Michael, would you just lift our hands up towards the Savior and just say, thank you, Jesus. It's doomed because you've got the victory in my life. I'm free indeed through you. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise.